What's poppin', man? Happy Mother's Day to everybody, man. You know, it's John Loudon. You know, I'm infamous for a lot of shit, man. I don't know what. It depends on how you know me, you know. Mother's Day is always a hard day for me, you know. Um, unfortunately, my mom passed 22 years ago, almost. October 1st, 2000, you know what I'm saying? It was just a tragic day for me. You know, I broke down on my knees. I've never been the same since, you know what I mean? I'll never be the same moving forward. You know what I mean? It it it, it killed a fire in my, fire in my soul. Cause you know, that's, that was my best friend, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I think the deeper part of the cut is, you know, I lost her while I was in prison. I was incarcerated, you know, man, that, that, that hurt, that pain, you know what I mean? Like when I tell you, you know, you'll rather get hit by a semi than to be so defenseless and so helpless at that time in your life, you know, you, you just, you know, you just drop to your knees. You know what I mean? It's like a movie that you never want to participate in and you in it. And that's kind of what prison is. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people glorify the life. You know what I mean? Movies sometimes glorify the life. I think people glorify the life and not actually glorifying prison life, but glorifying the life that gets you to prison. So I mean, I understand our circumstances as black people. You got to remember, I grew up in Gary, Indiana. Um, born right at a time where the Steel's Mills was closing. So from maybe zero to five, I seen my city go from a prosperous-ass city where you had whatever you wanted, whatever you needed, you know what I mean? To by the time I was six, seven years old, niggas was homeless. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, people was homeless, people was starving. Like, cheese lines damn near a mile long, Ronald Reagan giving out free cheese, free milk, free bread. Excuse me. I mean, just the whole, whole substance of the city changed. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I understand what it's like to never have nothing, to not be able to see no bigger than your surroundings. But what I'm telling you is that you can't let that lead you to that motherfucker cell because cause when them doors close, they never open it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, even when you get out, them doors never open back up. Because every day you missed in prison, you missed something. Now, think about that statement. You know what I mean? Like, every day in prison, you miss something. So, multiply that by seven. Then multiply that by 52. And then multiply that by five. I don't seem like a lot. All right, it's cool. You tough. Well, every hour of your life, you miss something. Now multiply that by 24. Because you're missing your freedom. You're missing pussy. You're missing developing bonds with your family. So even if they love you, that touch will be different because you've been somewhere they can't imagine. It's like going to war twice. You know what I mean? Um, you multiply that by 24 every hour. Then multiply that by 30. That's a month. Then multiply that by 96. Know what I mean? 
multiply it by 108. You know what I mean? Like multiply that shit by 212. Them the type of months they get out, give out for murders, kingpins and shit like that, man. So it's rough. You know what I mean? What do you do? Do you 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 when you growing up in this society, everybody I know has either killed somebody, gotten killed, or have been on the verge of killing somebody getting killed. Like I don't know nobody who hasn't been traumatically touched by unavoidable deaths, totally avoidable deaths. So what I'm saying is people who've seen their family members killed by police, people who's lost brothers to gang violence, robberies and drug transactions and totally avoidable, avoidable shit, but our environment wouldn't let us avoid it. You know what I'm saying? So Mother's Day always fucks me up because I was in that motherfucking box. You understand what I'm saying? So when you be like, man, you can't figure me out. You can't figure me out because I was in that motherfucking box, man. You think about being in the box and getting in the altercation. And then they tell you, you got 28 days in a motherfucking box car. So now you can't even see your fucking hand in front of your face. It's jet black. What does that do to you, yo, yo, you psychologically? You know what I mean? So now you in a dorm. You calling your mom. I'm calling my mom. I'm getting in fights and shit. You know, I'm getting my motherfucking, I got my head split. You know what I'm saying? I'm banging out. No, just thugging it out, you know what I'm saying? Like, once you get that rush, you start doing time, you like, once you decide, like, you know, I ain't going for nothing in here because I ain't go for nothing when I was out there, and you go for something in there, that's your manhood. You can let something go on the street, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You let something go in there, that could be your manhood. You know, you could look up and somebody trying to make love to you. <laughs> You ain't strong in that motherfucker, so you dealing with all that. You dealing with calling home every fucking weekend trying to see what the fuck going on with your people. You know what I'm saying? You dealing with trying to get a letter from the girl that was the love of your life. Trying to get a visit. You know what I'm saying? Seeing your mom through this glass, touching this glass, putting your hand to the glass, putting her hand to the glass. You dealing with all that. That's trauma. And I dealt with that shit for so fucking long, B. Like, <laughs> shit make me want to cry. Like, so Mother's Days are especially hard for me. Birthdays, you know, I was I was in the middle of my stretch. You know what I'm saying? I established myself as a nigga not to fuck with. You know what I'm saying? Um, I had an army of little hitters in there. You know, I was kind of respected. But uh, I started getting these calls, you know, first from my brothers and sisters and shit, you know. And my mom wasn't doing well. She had a couple of strokes, you know. Um, probably about 97, 96, you know. So I'm calling her when I can. 
you know, the prison got a black chaplain. He cool. You know, he let me come up there, use the phone. I'm calling my mom. I'm hearing a voice. You know, I'm trying to store that voice into a recess in my mind where I could constantly play it. And while I was hearing that voice, I was like, I know my mom a fighter. She'll be back. But it was a small piece of me like, what if she don't come back? You know, and I will monitor and monitor. And then like, boom, she paralyzed on one side of her body. And I'll never forget before she got paralyzed, she had an aneurysm at the mall, at the village, excuse me. Shopper Center Gary and shit, Gary motherfuckers know what it is. She had an aneurysm at the village. Motherfuckers write me, you know what I'm saying? I'm calling home, tell me. So I go chaplain, use the phone, I'm talking to her on the phone. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, me and my mom just had this ultimate bond. Like we look alike, we think alike. You know, we got the same faults. We got the same strengths, you know what I mean? We light up rooms, you know what I mean? We 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 love having a good time without worrying about the consequences. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She always say, party now and pay when the bills get pink. You know what I mean? Like we just, we live life, you know what I mean? Because we knew trauma was coming. And uh, it was just my best friend, my soul. And so I called her. And that she, they was willing her to surgery. And nurse was, had her on the phone. They was getting ready, was getting ready to will her surgery, rather. And nurse got her on the phone. I'm like, you know, I know the surgery going to be a little tough, but, you know, I need you to come through. And I need you to, you know, stay alive till I get out of here. <laughs> and just like my mama, she going to say, okay. I'm going to wait till you get out. Just wait till you get out. You know what I mean? And then I, you don't care if I die when you get out. You just want me to stay alive while you in there. And it's rough. And that was the last time I heard my mom's voice in her normal capacity. Because after that surgery, my mom's body was paralyzed on one side. And she was put in a nursing home in a healthcare facility in Indianapolis called Marquette Manor. Um, so then when I started being able to kind of like send people to go see her, you know what I'm saying? Talk to her in her room. It would just be like grunts and, you know what I mean? S small words. Like mentally she was there, her answers was there, but her physical speech wasn't there. Now I'm doing all this while I'm living amongst convicts and criminals, stabbings, rapes, beatings, um, oppression, um, dudes being psychologically tortured, tortured by guards. I've seen dudes murdered by guards. Um, I've had friends murdered by correctional officers. Um, so you're doing all that. You're trying to stay sane amongst that. And then you're dealing with this battle that's splitting your brain and it's 
obligating a portion of your brain like, fuck. You know, whatever I thought I was doing wasn't worth not being there for my mom. You know what I mean? And in the midst of that, brother Walt, brother-in-law, he get lymphoma, what you call it? Leukemia. He get that. He started getting weak, weak, quick. So 98, you know, he check out. So my sister husband, he was like my quarterback out here. He did everything for me, kept me together. You know what I'm saying? Really showed me love. You know, he lost his life. And the crazy thing about his shit is he used to write me letters. <laughs> the handwriting was already a little shaky. And as he got worse from the chemo, his handwriting got worse to where it was barely legible. But I took hours deciphering it letter by letter, word by word, letter by letter. I would rewrite the letter. I ain't got a motherfucking thing else to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he wrote me a letter and died for the letter got to me. So imagine that trauma of getting a letter from somebody that died after they mailed it to you. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, that goes on a year later, year, year and a half later, mom's still sick. She fighting, call my sister. She tell me my mom's organs stop working, hit the floor. I'm just crying, I'm on a hard ass cement floor I'm just crying like fetal position I'm crying you know what I'm saying like <laughs> like nothing like to where like dudes the hardest dudes in jail they crying cause I was one of the hardest young niggas in that motherfucking I'm crying like my eyes are just watering like I'm crying like I'm laying on a concrete floor and I'm balled up like I'm in my mother's womb Cause that's how bad I wanted to be in the ground with her. I'm just crying. And I'm crying for like 15 minutes, 20. I'm crying so much that they counted with me crying because I ain't wouldn't get up. Because you know, count mandatory. You got to stand up there and be counted like cattle and shit. One, two, three. You know, they count, they count. They count every fucking six, eight hours, I get up, eyes red shit, can't look up, I can only look at my shoes as I walk, I can't look at people, myself, i never forget, I had a roommate, he was from Albany, Georgia, wow, little young nigga, he was cool though, he was just like, man, just take all the time you need. You know what I'm saying? And I would look at pictures of my mom and I'd cry, man. I'd cry, you know, for days. 
you know, for days. And uh, we tried to put a rush on me going to the funeral. And they weren't gonna let that shit pop, you know what I'm saying? Like, my record was long as fucking Route 66, man, at the time, and that motherfucker, you know, fightings and shit, and insubordination, shit like that, so. You know, when they told me I couldn't go, you know, I'm just calling home the day of the funeral, talking to my brother Carl, my sister Beverly, you know what I'm saying? Shit like that. You know, so that was 2000. You know, I slowly started recovering from that shit a little more, a little bit, a little bit. 2002, I jump up out of there. And I get out and I'm, get out. And she not here. It's like she died all over. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, of course I want to stay out. You know, I want to live. But uh, I didn't know what I was living for. Uh, I'm always angry. I was always angry. Like, you know, I would, I would walk around and I would be daring somebody to kill me. Cause I was gonna kill you if you disrespected me. So whatever happened, happened. Like I, I was just gone. Like, you know, depression is real. It's heavy. It's scary. It's challenging. You know what I mean? You're looking at your face and you don't see the beauty in it. And when people are going through that, all you can do is encourage them and constantly check on them. Fight them to not let them go through that by themselves. You got somebody you love and you know y'all cool and they shutting you out. Literally fight them to stay in their life. It may save them, to save their life. And I got people that have done that for me. Nah, like, nah, I mean, you ain't all right, man. I'm coming over. Nah, I mean, you ain't good. I'm coming over. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, thinking about my mom, how I was never able to ever hold her hand and she went through it. And I know I'm a good son, bro. I was a beautiful son. I made a fucking mistake. And it cost me. You know? It cost me dearly, drastically. It snatched a piece of my fucking soul. It turned me into... turned me into a machine. I didn't care about nothing. That's why I'm glad God sent me kids, sent me my wife, because I was raging. I try to stay away from that rage, you know? Like, you can be tough, you can be wild. But even before I even got in trouble and went away when I was young, 
when I blacked out, I didn't care about what happened to me. So now you multiply that with the trauma of hearing them doors close, cloud. Hearing them shut, cloud. Probably having handcuffs put on and off your hands at least 150,000 times. <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. Like, nigga, probably, man, that's nigga cap. Nah, man, like, everywhere you go somewhere, like, you going somewhere, they got to cuff you. Now, they do that three times a day, two times a day. Not to mention when you might go to court, it might happen six times. You know what I'm saying? 12 times, 14 times a week. Additionally, bro, they slapping the motherfucker bracelets on your ass wherever you go. And I was a goddamn heathen. So I come home with that energy. My mom not here. I get depressed. But I had to motivate myself. You know what I'm saying? I put that shit together. You know what I'm saying? For Erdale, for me, for my ancestors, for my kids, for my woman, for my family for my nieces and nephews that looked up to me. Me giving into that trauma would have been a fucking cop out, nigga, and I ain't no cop out. I had to find a way. I found a way. Now I fight it, but the fights are minor now. They minor. And I'm blessed to have a woman that could trace my history back from point A to where I'm at now. And I know you see this first little episode of my shit and you like, man, this nigga chilling here in an unfinished basement and got a hood on, it's Mother's Day, off the cuff and, and that's how I do shit. <laughs> like. And that's the brilliance of the shit I'm doing, like off the motherfucking cuff. The Concrete Genius, volume one, man. If you got a mother, appreciate her, thank her, love her. If you out here doing something that could possibly get you incarcerated for any stretch of time, I say more than two years, please let it go. Like, please. I'm telling you, it ain't worth it. Like, even if you hit a lick for $60,000 and you go to jail five years, you would have made $60,000 in five years working at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now, I know, trust me, it's hard saying, man, I'm going to go fucking flip these breasts and wings over. But do a little bit of that, a little bit of that, a little bit of that until you can get the way you need what you find out what make money. You understand? Like, me, I make money, being me. My personality makes me money. My ability to communicate, especially with this basketball, I got a gift from the heavens that makes me money. So I'm blessed. I live well. You know, I live a lot weller than most niggas with masters and definitely most niggas with bachelors, but I'm blessed. So you see me, you see my unfinished basement, 
this one room is just unfinished. The rest of the basement's finished, but I ain't give you no tour. Like, fuck all that. I ain't got nothing to prove to you. <laughs> I'm from Gary, Indiana, man. You know what I'm saying? I live in a house that's in the respectable six figures, man. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, I'm an example, you know, that you can do it. You know what I mean? You can redeem what you've been through and use that shit as steam and as motivation. But you're still black. You got to keep your motherfucking head on that swivel. You know, you got to apologize to each other. When you go to the club, go to the club to have a good time. Say, excuse me, my brother. Excuse me, sister. You cool. Somebody hurt your feelings. It ain't worth shooting nobody over, man. All right? Like, take one step at a time to stay alive and the rest will be coming, man. You know what I mean? I appreciate whoever saw this. I love you. God bless you. You know, um, it's a lot more to come. I promise you that. Um, this was really space, supposed to just be a fucking audio podcast, but I got frustrated trying to edit in fucking garage band and all that shit because I freestyle better looking at myself anyway. So now we're going to do the shit like this, put it out like this. You know, the scenery will change some, but the heat coming, man. I'm going to have exclusive guests that I'm connected with across the country. Real motherfuckers that's been through real shit. Old school OGs. New school young Gs. Elite hoopers. Anything you need to know. The real shit here. Sauce.